Hello and welcome to Punk Goes Pod, the only podcast that chronicalizes the Punk Go series. We are joined once again by friend of the show, Richard S. He, fresh off the take of his fresh new heel turn. Hey now. <laughs> it's me. I also like the... what was it? You said a word funny just before. Yeah, I probably did. The chronicalize. The chronicalize. <laughs> yeah, chronicalizing. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't bring you like a shirt or an armband to offer you in this new heel turn of yours because oh. I feel like I'm, I'm already a heel. No, it was a heel face turn. I feel like. Yeah. It was a double turn. It was nah. a redemption arc. I, I nah. want to say like we are Prince Devitt era Bullet Club, but realistically mm. we're probably Taguchi Japan. So, <laughs> and enough of wrestling. I was about to say. I... Let's move. We're, let's we're move chronic, on. like you know, an illness that uh, recurs every week on Friday. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> I genuinely thought they'd gotten all the wrestling chat out of the way. Never. During our pizza binge before. Um, booze to the pizza place for forgetting our garlic bread, but I guess it's fine. Um, <laughs> before we get too ahead of ourselves, this week on Punk Goes Pod, we are looking at the song I Knew You Were Trouble, and I believe that has a full stop at the end if you're... Playing at home. It does. Uh, by Taylor Swift, as covered by We Came as Romans. I love it when a song has good punctuation. Yes, I know. Yeah. Mm. It's a very, like, fallout boy kind of thing to do in this instance. Well, not in a... Shouldn't it have an exclamation mark, though? No. No? Because it's, it's sort of it's sort of subdued. Like... That's panic. Oh, okay, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. All right. P-A-T-D. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Exactly. So, mm. Richard, before we jump into the key reason why you're here today, how are you? How's L? How is your creative I'm process? good. Yeah. Um, we are working on singles three and four. Yeah. Editing the video of single two. Yeah. Um, I finally found a video program that works, so I haven't complained once. Yeah. Amazingly. <laughs> it's very rare for me. Um... Our second single, Summer Baby, will be out on February 21. So, yay. Yay Very good. That's me. (laughs) On the table. Excellent. We'll be sure to plug it on Twitter, although I don't think we have much Twitter clout. But it's more of a symbolic gesture at this point, I guess. Every, yeah, I don't know, every chance to retweet a a nice person. Yeah. Good. Yeah. All right. So. (laughs) So, yes, much has happened. Uh, yeah, a lot yeah. has happened since we last saw you. Basically a week ago. So yeah. where, where the story begins, well, it begins in 2016, but mm-hmm. uh, it begins last week too, because last Friday, Taylor Swift's Netflix documentary, Miss Americana, dropped. It it's did. like last Friday afternoon here. Yeah. So I, um, I watched it Saturday night mm-hmm. and did not talk to anyone about it before then. Yes. So, um, there's a segment in it where, um, Taylor's talking about how badly she was being treated by the media, um, specifically in the wake of the Kanye and Kim feud in 2016. Yes. And I happened to, well, there's a segment where there are some kind of harsh headlines flashed on screen, (laughs) uh, from various sources. And the first one that comes up from Vice is from an article that I wrote <laughs> with a headline that I did not write. 
which was Taylor Swift isn't like other celebrities, she's worse. Ouch. And Did you say that at all in the article? Like it's nope. not a line ripped from No, her? Yeah, it's not in any way relevant. Yeah. Yeah. So did you want to give any more sure, context yeah. around that before so, we start to interrogate you? Yeah, so I wrote... We have him strapped to a chair. <laughs> we're, about to, we're about to begin the waterboarding. We lured him uh, for all the yes. Swifties out there. Yeah. Um, fucking got him. <laughs> yeah, so what happened was, it's like the the whole furor over the song Famous. And yes. Taylor's mentioned in the lyrics. I guess it starts around like February or March of that year. Yeah. I think Kanye's album came out around then and... Famously, he said something like, oh, um, I called up Taylor and she, she gave me permission to use yes. this lyric. Um, and Taylor disagreed. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of continued through. I think she uh, gave a speech at the Grammys saying, you know, don't ever let, like, famous men in power yes, like, yes, yes. get you down. Yeah. And as the first woman to win Album of the Year at the Grammys twice... I want to say to all the young women out there, there are going to be people along the way who will try to undercut your success or take credit for your accomplishments or your fame. But if you just focus on the work and you don't let those people sidetrack you, someday when you get where you're going, You'll look around and you will know that it was you and the people who love you who put you there. And that will be the greatest feeling in the world. Yeah. Right. yeah. Um, and the documentary gives like a lot of behind the scenes context for all of yes. that, I think, which I really liked. Yeah. But um, yeah. And then in July, um, before an episode of Keeping Up with the Kardashians, Kim Kardashian like leaked uh, video footage of that phone call yes. happening. And so... Um, a lot of people, like, the common popular opinion was that Kim had exposed Taylor for lying, right? But yes. I didn't think that Taylor had lied. I think it was, like, a misunderstanding, and there was, yeah. like, a crucial part of the song that Kanye did not play her. That yep. was what she took offense at. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so a lot going on there. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of that phone call, I can't remember exactly which portion... Kanye played. It's the, um, I think me and Taylor, me and Taylor might still have sex part. Not, yeah. I made that bitch famous. Uh, okay, yeah. Yeah. For all my south side niggas that know me best, I feel like me and Taylor might still have sex. Why? I made that bitch famous. Goddamn. I made that bitch famous. For all the girls that got dick from Kanye West. Which possibly was not written at that point. Possibly. Yeah. But in that sense... It's sort of a broader thing of consent, like she consented to that specific part. Yes. Not the next part. Yes. And I remember like Sam, when we were talking about it, I think back when it happened. Yeah. Aside from like there being every possibility that shit was edited, like we, we've yep. never heard Taylor's end because she wasn't recording it because she didn't know. No. But the way I saw it was like absolute worst case scenario. Yes, she did sign off on it, but then later changed her mind. Correct. Which and you are fully is understandable. To do that. Yeah. The same with any kind of situation in which you give consent, you are allowed to retract it. Absolutely. There is. I mean, it's kind of underhanded. Like, why was she record? Why was she videoing it? Mm, having this exactly. conversation? Like, unless they had a plan to. I don't know. It's probably thinking a bit too much of you know. Kanye I also. And Kim. I also don't think it was for the reality TV show. I think no. it was phone footage. Yeah. So yeah, yeah that adds another layer. But. It, 
But anyway, back yeah, to that's your... 2016. But yes. basically, at the time, I thought, um, I thought Taylor hadn't lied. I thought maybe she had not represented herself as well as she could have. Yeah. Um, but you know, maybe you, either way, she believed she was telling the truth, and so I kind of wrote a piece about that, and also about how this wasn't necessarily a bad thing for her. That if she took the L publicly and um, uh, you know came back a year later, yeah, you know, with a you know, with more context and with like another understanding of the situation, then yeah. you know she could spin it into something great. Yes, which is how all her albums have played out. Exactly, all her yeah. album cycles. So, which I kind of think she did yes. with Reputation. Absolutely. Yeah. Like that couldn't have like, despite the circumstances being awful, it yeah. couldn't have played out any better. Like she went to ground. Yeah. In the back. end, it couldn't have. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure like, she doesn't regret it. Exactly. Even if she feels bad, but yeah. Like. I still remember being at work and watching the video for Look What You Made Me Do. Like, Mm. the first sort of, like, and I'm back. And it was just like, holy shit. Like, reappropriating the whole snake emoji business into, like, well, fuck you all. I guess I'm a snake. Like The the line about how the old Taylor's dead, but over the phone. Yeah, like... Which is just like, that's clever. Like... That's so smart. And also, that song was very polarizing, but I think it completely achieved its goal, which is to change the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah, fully agree. Like, yeah. yeah. So her best, well, a lot of her work, if not her best work, has come out of these kinds of situations. Yeah. But anyway, that was the contention of the piece. Like, yes. what happened and what can she do now? Yes. It was, I, I would say, like, I was trying to be balanced, but it was not anti-Taylor, like, in any no. way. Yeah, maybe, like, a little bit harsh in some of the phrasings. Like, I would change, you know, now if I wrote it, um... Yeah, if I wrote it today, I wouldn't write it with the same tone. Yeah. But, yeah, so I'd, um, I submitted that article to my editor. I think I was in Spain at the time. I don't remember write, the process of writing it. Right. I was on holiday. <laughs> um, so, uh, I submitted with one headline, which was Kanye and Taylor doomed to feud forever. Yeah. Which has not proven to be true. No. Actually. Um... And I suggested another headline, which was the public shaming of Taylor Swift. Yep. Uh, and then I think probably in the morning I woke up and they had put through another headline, which was, yeah, the one I mentioned before, Taylor Swift isn't like other celebrities, she's worse. Yeah. Um, which got the response it wanted. Yes. Got um, a lot of clicks. Yep. And at the time I was just like, ha, huh, you know, it's funny. Like, I guess if people you know, actually click through and read the piece, then they'll get the gist of it. Yeah. But, um, I, yeah, I always thought that, um, it would come back to like, bite me in the ass actually. Right. Just because the internet never forgets. But yeah. at the same time, like as a journalist, you never assume that the subject is going to read what you wrote. Yeah. Gotcha. It's just like, you can't live like that. No. You know, um, well, unless that... it's like an interview or something, but still. Yeah. yeah. That defeats the purpose of yeah. what you do. But, um, yeah, clearly, like, the director of the film, Lionel Wilson, like, chose that and a few others. Um, I think there was one from the Daily Beast and one from somewhere else that were, like, neutral, right? They weren't... I don't think they were opinion pieces. They were just saying, like, America has turned on Taylor Swift. Yeah. And there was one from BuzzFeed. Yeah. The one about Taylor Swift. uh, It's like Taylor Swift has played the victim throughout her career. Yeah. Which I think is, like... A really bad piece of journalism. Buzzfeed in general. Like, I'm... Sh- I, I've liked a lot of their stuff, but, yeah. I... It's, yeah. It's They're, very reductive. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, I felt like yours lingered as well, like because yours is the uh, first. One oh yeah, totally. Up, and it's just like that's the one that sticks around the longest because I guess it has the punchiest yeah. title of you know. Well, they got what they wanted, mm. you know. And it's funny because I had a pretty good relationship with my editor. Um, he let me do like whatever I wanted, yeah. basically, uh, which is pretty rare. Um, but he was like a punk rock lifer, so I kind of doubt he even cared. No, like he may not have written it. He yeah. may very well have gotten you know asked around the office. Yeah. So yeah, who knows? I don't talk to anyone from Vice, <laughs> and they don't, <laughs> and they don't know I exist. Which um, one of the many reasons I um stopped contributing to them, as Emma knows. It just actually. <laughs> Look, I'm sure I'm not shooting myself in the footy because I'm never going to get a job writing for anyone, let alone Vice. But like, I feel like everything I've heard about Vice is just a bit underhanded, and like, mm. and it's just like, fuck's sake, like. Even when they're trying, like they can't really escape. No, but, no. Uh, there's like certain portions of them that are a bit more walled off than others. Yeah, like the gaming sites, yeah. the cooking, um, yeah. the news team are pretty good, and like the yeah. video. Stuff I feel good. like there's not enough room for error, and then you like you'd have to, yeah, you can't fuck around with that. Like, Some of their documentaries, like I think, and they're sorry, mm. but the the dark side of the ring or whatever mm. that is, the the wrestling documentary mm. series, that's Foxland, <laughs> isn't it? Mm. Yeah, so like that's they're really good though. Yeah, so it's it's good when they get kind of just like a blank check to do whatever they want. Yeah, yeah. but um, whenever they're tied to like the main you know editorial stance, it hasn't been great. And like Vice Australia. The ironic end of this saga is that Noisy Australia was um, just shut down like yes. last year for basically no good reason. Yeah. And Vice Australia pretty much only publishes like uh, sponsored content now. Jeez. Which, mm. yeah. <laughs> uh, I do remember when you first linked me to the article and being yeah. like, wow, that headline's a bit harsh. Mm. But like you said, once I clicked through and read it, I was yeah. like, okay, makes sense. Mm. I must admit, I didn't even sort of clock that someone else would have written it. But of course, mm. like, editorial input is always going to happen with these kinds of things. Totally. But even then, I guess, because I know you and I know your mm. stance on Taylor. Yeah. I was like, okay, yeah, I get it. Like, yeah. you want that headline to draw people in and off you go. But anyway, I'll park my feelings about the whole thing. Until... <laughs> so in as much or as little detail as you want to give us sure how did it feel to be watching Miss Americana to see your head like I would have just shat <laughs> like I, I was watching my mum at the time oh, and no. she didn't I actually <laughs> told her about it and she didn't think it was that big a deal <laughs> not that she you know dismissed it or anything but maybe she just couldn't like comprehend it yeah um I had always been yeah prepared for the possibility of something like this because Actually, I watched Lady Gaga's documentary. Um, what's it called? Five foot two or four? Yeah. I can't remember what I want to say four, but I feel like it's two. Yeah, which we'll I quite like. We'll say Bridget out. We'll say five foot three. Yeah. That one I watched like probably a year after it got released, ironically. And yeah. one uh, kind of turning point in that film is um, she releases Perfect Illusion, the lead single from Joanne. Yes. Uh, which I didn't really like. And actually, I... Yeah. I reviewed yes. for The Guardian. Okay. I think mine was like the first review to actually go up because it went up at an inconvenient time for yeah. every other time zone. Yep. Um, but yeah, like that's a turning point in that film. And there are no headlines, but it's very much like, oh, this song was not well received by the media. Right. So I was like, this is always a possibility. Yeah. And so I would say I was not upset, um, not shocked that it happened, but yep. surprised to see it in reality. So it's like I had to blink a couple times. Yeah. Um, 
And I, I said in the thread I later posted about it that I was mortified, which I think that's... Fair. Yeah. But I think justifiably so. Not like, oh, uh, this is like a horrible thing to happen to me. Oh, yeah, but yeah. Like, oh, uh, I understand why this has happened. Yes. I understand the before and the present and... Yeah. What I should do. Yeah. Afterwards. Which was, I I made like a 30 or 40 tweet thread or something that went kind of viral. So... For what is worth, you did a brilliant job, like... And Thank I you. did say mm. to Sam, when you... Because I'm just pulling up Facebook Messenger now. I'm not yeah. going to cancel your... <laughs> Where was it? Um, I still... Like, I was lying in bed about to go to sleep. Oh, no way. And then... Yeah, 1st of Feb at 10.13pm. Have you seen Miss Americana yet? Midway through, I'm fucking in it in capitals. And I thought you meant, like, I'm bought, like, I'm bought into this, mm, I'm yeah. here. But then Bad. immediately followed up, the first headline that shows up is from a Vice piece I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> and I, so I'm just like, fuck, like, telling Sam this. We're just like, oh my god, what? Mm. And then it just sort of spiraled from there. But, like, yeah, I was saying to Good Sam... Word. Yeah. I couldn't think of anyone better to handle this. Like, mm. And I think, like, because that's testament to you and your craft is that, Thank you. Yeah. like, you, yeah, you do a massive, like, you treat your work with the respect it deserves. You give mm. that fair, balanced commentary, even if it does mean that, yeah, you're a Taylor stand, but you're not mm. just going to give her a free pass on everything forever. Like, totally, yeah. And that's the whole it, point of music yeah. criticism. Yeah. But, like, in that same, like, other side of the coin, like, people critiquing your work, I've seen it plenty mm. of times when totally. you post a hot take on social media and everyone's like, fuck off. Like, mm. you are quite happy to hear that yeah, and respond to it without just being like, not listening, fuck off. Like I read all my comments. Yes. Because um A it's a bit masochism, like oh. you know, watching a car crash. But B <laughs> I think I genuinely learn a lot about human psychology. Yeah. Because I can usually trace like why they feel this way. Yes. Um and so in this case, like there are a few people who just saw the first tweet I made, which was Yeah. Um, I retweeted someone's uh, screen caps of the headlines because I don't know how to screen cap Netflix. It actually yeah. blocks the screen. <laughs> no. Um, Makes sense. Yeah, but my first tweet is like, blah, blah, blah. I love Mr. McConnor. I want to apologize for an article I wrote and a head and give context for a headline that I did not write. Yes. Uh, so some people just saw that and thought, oh, you know, what a scab. Like, they're just like going back on their word and yeah. contradicting yourself. You should have said this three years ago. You deserve it. Um, uh, but, you know, that's an assumption. And the particularly like the documentary and the album reputation is so about like, questioning those yes. like surface level assumptions of people so yeah yeah you know it's just something that happens yeah but i think i think the vast majority of people got it i think so and i think that's the and i'm sure we'll bring this up again but like to me well like ever since i started up our twitter account for Bucko's mm. pod like I honestly, I have brain worms now. Like, I, <laughs> I am destined to die with brain worms. Like, it is just such a hell site to try. And, like, mm. amongst, like, the nuggets of, like, good stuff that you see, there's just so much, like, it's constant reactions to everything. Totally. Combine that with as huge and rabid a fan base as the Swifties, like, myself mm. included. 
and that immediacy, of course people are going to pounce on that first tweet without waiting for the rest yeah. of your... And they'll go, no, like, yeah. how dare you, cancelled, too late, blah, like... Even so, I've always said that Swifties are, like, the nicest fan base overall. I think they are. There's, like, you know, pockets of, like, toxic stan culture in yeah, them, too. Yeah, true. But I think because Taylor represents that kind of, I don't know, like, a sense of patience that, to me. Yeah. Yeah, I think it translates... And so a lot of them are just, like, really enthusiastic and nice, from what I know. Yeah, I, see, you're being a lot fairer, and I think it's because <laughs> you're a dear friend, and so I was just like, how do you? Like, <laughs> I think, oh, I can't, I'm not going to waste airspace yeah. or, like, dead air pulling up the Twitter think, thread, but, yeah. like, <laughs> my I think uh, I think only one comment of envy, but that wasn't even from, like, a stand, so. Yeah. Yeah, it's, like, whatever. <laughs> I think my favourite one, I can't even, like, I wish I... I want to find their handle, but also uh, I don't want to get cancelled. Like, <laughs> they at first were just like, oh, too late, we don't want to hear yeah. it. Then immediately immediately replied, oh, wait, I just read it. I forgive you, King, with like, <laughs> but, but they posted my... like a video in the first yeah. comment and then posted the same video in the second. <laughs> what was the video? I don't know. Just some I, random pop music clip. I don't understand. That's like, and That's again, I'm definitely getting too old for just meme stand <laughs> Twitter culture because some of the gifs and videos and shit that people uh, are yeah. just like, what? <laughs> what does this mean? Yeah. But yeah, that one just like that to me sort of encapsulated the whole thing was like the first tweet just being so aggressive and then like, oh, whoops, sauce. <laughs> and I think. To me, that's the sticking point with these kinds of fandoms because, yeah, you're being very fair. And look, I'm inclined to agree with you now that I stop and think about it. Like, Swifties are very kind. But there is also that sort of, that overcorrection within the culture. Like, a lot of the comments were sort of like, I don't think this is good enough. I think you need to apologize to her personally. You need to apologize more. You need to do this. You need... You should be, yeah. like, at, on your knees, like, and begging that's, for forgiveness. That's not exactly what I was looking for. No. Um, it but that's wasn't, like, yeah. It wasn't like, please... Because it, think of it as, like, a Venn diagram, right? People, yeah. People who uh, have written, like, very positive things about Taylor Swift. Yes. People who've written very negative things about Taylor Swift. Yeah. There's, like, quite a small, like, crossover between them. Yes. And I've fallen into that. <laughs> and But also have the, like, kind of... Not... Plausible deniability, but like. But you didn't write the headline. No, exactly, because I'm actually yeah. like a long time Taylor fan. Yes. So. Despite wearing a Kanye West shirt to the <laughs> Sorry, I should apologize for that. <laughs> you um, should be on your knees, Richard. <laughs> yeah, but like I could go back and apologize, but also like I never really contradicted myself. No. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I've I've seen a lot of uh, posts from people who have. Yes. Um, some yes. who were like, oh, I was genuinely like being too judgmental. I changed my mind. Yeah. And some that were like, oh, I didn't like Taylor six months ago. And now I watch a documentary and I kind of like her now. Yes. I've seen a few of those. Yeah. Yeah. Fickle. I, I think. Mm. Fickle. Yeah. Look, I've been that person. I literally didn't think much of Halsey Change until it. you told me to listen to Manic. Manic and yeah. it's so, so good. But anyway. Yeah. Um, I think that's one thing that, for me, this whole situation really brings into like sharp mm. focus is that idea of people aren't... It's not just black and white. Exactly. It's not a... Yeah. Like, we aren't just single-faceted. Like, there's mm. always going to be those shifts in opinion and 
applying like hindsight and retrospective yeah. things. And but again, like the likes of Twitter and like just these instant and I'm saying mm. shit that people have said for years, but like yeah. that instant thing of social media like when a pylon happens, no one sort of steps mm. back to think about the bigger picture. Like, exactly, yeah. And it's just... Because all those words add up, you know? Yeah. Even if sometimes the criticism is guaranteed, it's hard Absolutely. to separate. From, yeah. And it's just... Yeah, I find that really hard to grapple with. And I think that's why I struggle so much with social media. Because mm. I will go through those phases. I'm like, oh yeah, fuck this person. They said mm, this totally. thing and it's yeah. wrong and bad and I don't like it. But then if I step back and look at my own actions and mm. things that I've said, things that I've done, and you just think, oh, shit, like, yeah. when is someone going to have that gotcha moment for me? Like, right. It's... And, like, saying nothing is not necessarily the alternative. Either. Exactly. Yeah. It doesn't make you a better person. No. Yeah. That's absolutely it. Um, I want to put a pin just in that because I do want to yeah. return back to that. In terms of, and you've more or less sort of answered this, mm. When we were watching Miss Americana last night and we saw your headline, mm. it, first of all, seeing it in context was just like a gut punch. Like, you telling yeah, me about it, yeah. I was like, ouch. But then, like, watching it, like, we both just sort of did that inward, like, like... Yeah, it's framed very well. It's yeah. fucking, like, brilliant editing, well done. Mm. But, like, <laughs> I feel like I'm still in two minds about whether or not it kind of was used out of context or it sort of defeated the whole purpose mm. of what your article set out to do. Like, well, I used to think, or at least I I would have said that the means justify the ends in that you yeah. get a snappy headline and that gets people to click. And if they read great, you know, that's yeah. the, a positive end result. But I think that headline actually takes the piece out of context so yes. that there is no context anymore, yeah. especially if you are Taylor Swift or yes. her PR team or whatever yeah and so the way it's used in that in the um in the film it's not like you're gonna get a a summary of everything that i said you know that's just not what it is it's like scrolling through twitter and seeing that yeah and so so i guess in that sense it does sort of it does drive home the point that she wanted to make with yes miss americana that whole thing of it's not always what it seems exactly beneath the surface you'll find and much like taylor funnily enough like yeah and ironically, I think all four of those pieces are pretty different. Like, yeah. I haven't read the middle two. Yeah. But just from... Just going from them, it yeah. doesn't seem like they're quite about the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Again, and, I'm... Yeah. And I have beef with the BuzzFeed one. Yeah. So... Understandable. Because, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I must admit, when you first told me, before I saw it in context, and even sort of overnight, just sort of thinking about it, there was definitely a part of me that was sort of like, is Taylor... Like, Taylor's decision to reference these headlines, despite the fact... She apparently didn't have a hand in editing the documentary at all. Okay, that's good. Yeah. Well, I guess then in that sense, like, the team, whoever did, like, them putting these headlines up... I'm very glad they didn't put bylines, because I would have fucking, like... And, of course they wouldn't have, but, like, that to me is sort of, in a sense, kind of... Like, it's not doxing because, like, they haven't said, hey, no, I like, Richard yeah. lives in this place. But, like, yeah. that is sort of baiting the people who watch the documentary to be like, 100%. fuck this person, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And it's only until they did go in and read the headline, or read the article, that they would have yeah. come to the conclusion that 
was intended Correct. the entire time. And yeah, like a celebrity, you know, um, like responding to a critic directly, that could be a case of that. Yes. Sure. Like Lana Del Rey did that last yes. year. Yes. <laughs> and I think I stumbled into Wonderful. I was not responsible for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you would very much like to be excluded from this narrative. <laughs> I like the immaturity slash image. Immaturity slash maturity of the people that are like, fuck you. Oh, actually, I read it and it's actually not that <laughs> Yeah, that's like, so funny. Like, just to have that immediate vitriol and then actually yeah. taking a moment to go, well, let's see what he said. I think yeah. maybe I'll blur out the handle. I think that's going to be like the primary yeah. image for this oh, episode because it just cracked me up. I'm like, I was just like chuckling so hard when but- I saw it. <laughs> I was going to say that... Um, it's funny because this whole thing has been a bit of a microcosm of the Taylor experience in general. Like, yes. In 2016, I said, um, oh, if you look at the Facebook comments on my article and multiply that by 1,000, then that's what Taylor Swift must yeah. feel like every day. Yes. Um, and also, uh, for this to have happened and also to hinge on like me kind of giving consent to something that maybe I, in respect, should not have. Yeah. Um, or at least, you know, thinking that something was going to be fine and then it wasn't. I think you know the thing that disappoints me so much about this yeah. in general is, to me, it shouldn't have to be your call to go back to the editor and be like, you know what? Yeah. Like, yeah. Because that's the whole point of like, why, like, being and, a good yeah. editor is sort of reading the room yes. in like the broadest sense and then applying the correct signifier to whatever you're publishing like i think the worst thing that can happen is when like a publication or an editor like hangs the writer out to dry yes rather than standing up for them and saying hey you know it's on us like we made this bad call yeah i've seen cases of both yeah um where you know someone writes something that is like super inflammatory or like horrible and then it gets put through and then the publication's like wow, I'm sorry, we didn't vet them properly. It'll never happen again. Yeah. And you're like, okay, well, the editor's responsible for this. Exactly. It's, your call. it's like, so it's like where... a director in a film. Yeah. yeah. Like, so where was your editorial department? When yeah. It's like, it, yeah, it's just such a cop-out. And I think, so yeah, to me, like, it's sort of a two-pronged thing. Like, there was the, like, I'll just call it a failure. Like, it, like the failure on Vice's part to sort of, Mm. protect your interests and in how mm-hmm. you want the article to come across yeah and then i guess for me there's sort of that underlying fear of like the way the doco used these headlines and mm. whoever's decision it was like it sort of perpetuates that thing of this person said this like posted this in quotes like yeah. horrible article about me i'm going to reference this hot quote horrible article about that person yeah like it's just sort of this Ongoing, it, like, Ouroboros or... It's like, it all could play out that way if it wasn't all done with, like, the amount of care. Yes. It was. Yeah. Because, you know, it could have been a very flat documentary about how Taylor's a good person. And, yes. you know, how people shit her. Like, Reputation could have been a one-dimensional yeah. album. That's true, yeah. Yeah, I could have yeah. actually written that piece. Yeah. Yeah, but... Except she know. didn't give us... Re- like, there was no reason to because the end result ended up being... Yes. This more introspective, kind like... Yeah. A, a teachable moment. Exactly. I think. And isn't that yeah. what we all want? Out I hope of so. Life. That... So... <laughs> I'm sure you haven't. Mm. Have you heard anything back from Vice? Like, has there been any... Nah. Res- no. Nah. Uh, um, one writer who 
wrote for Noisy around the same time, a freelancer. She sent me a message and um, was really nice. And she said, oh, actually, I had like some similar experiences with the same editor around the time. Uh, But it was, you know, we all chalked it up to company, the company culture. Yeah. I am not on anyone from Vice's radar. Yeah. Now and haven't been for a while because when my editor upped and left, which I don't know why, um, I basically, think, I think I remember that happening. I remember. Yeah, it was like, it involved our follow up by piece, yes, which got yes. shipped from That's noisy right. to Red Bull. Yeah, but um, yeah, when he left, like you know, I got like one email from someone in the office, um, very unhelpful. Yeah. Um, and so, there's something about the culture there where like. Most of the higher ups are not on Twitter at all. Oh. A few of the editors are, like specifically like the the US mm. music ones and such. Yeah. But um uh for whatever reason, because we were Vice and Noisy Australia, we were kinda of walled off. Yeah. So yeah. some stuff would go out internationally, but it's like, you know, the the arms don't talk to the legs, don't yeah. talk to the head. That's yeah. how the organization is run. Oof. And I think still is so yeah. just like no one kinda of knows I exist. That's a good place to be, though. Hmm? That's a good place to be, though. (laughs) Yeah, I wonder what they think, like, when they see that. And that's... Yeah, I'd love to see... Would they... You know, would they have, like, traced the thread back to, like... I don't know. Hmm. That's the thing. Like, I would love to see the other end of the accountability. Like, I'd love to see someone from Vice, a higher-up, a music editor, someone go, oh, shit. And, yeah, unpick the threads and see what went wrong. Because... This is a really teachable moment if people would take the time to... Yeah. And similarly, um, one thing I did fear was journalists saying, oh, um, you shouldn't be apologizing for your opinion, you know, to a rich celebrity or something. But I think that's kind of missing the point. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you're not apologizing for what you posited in the piece because you stand by it, rightfully so. You're apologizing for the title misrepresenting the whole thing. And having swept up, been swept up in the dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. And that, like, yeah, to me, it sort of comes down to power dynamics. Like, if I were in your shoes submitting Mm. that piece, I wouldn't necessarily feel comfortable going, like, oh, not sure about the heading. Like, Mm. and. It was already up. By the time I woke exactly. up. Exactly. So, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. yeah. So like, uh, anyway, what a mess. Like... <laughs> My question yeah. for you, mm-hmm. when Elle makes it big yeah. and you do Miss Australiana, mm. what's going to be, what's your creative way to uh, slam the critics? That's a good question. Um, I'll just quote Jay-Z from the opening of Thriller by Fall Out Boy. Your critics said it never happened. We dedicate this album to anybody people said couldn't make it. To the fans that held us down, to everybody came around, came around, came around, Welcome. It's here. What an opener. That is such a. Oh. Speaking mm. of, Hello Mega Tour. Mm. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so, aside from the whole. Oh, do you want to talk about the response you got from the yeah, Swift Yeah, sure. I, um, I, uh, when the Reputation Tour happened, I got to write about it for Junkie. And so yes. um, my tickets came through Tree Pain, who yes. is Taylor Swift's PR manager herself. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so I sent a version of my thread 
to her. Mm-hmm. Um, is she, uh, written in a more direct way. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, this morning I woke up and got a thank you. So oh. I just said, thank you, Richard, exclamation mark, times two. Oh. And that's cool. That's like all you can ever hope for. And that's, yeah. yeah. Which, you know, that, be f- that, that quite possibly then has gotten back to Taylor Swift herself. And, yeah. You know. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, you know, possibly. Possibly. Hmm. So, bus throwing aside, <laughs> <laughs> I, I did try to be very clever in my liner notes or yeah. run sheet. I did have this section titled Miss Americana and the Misleading Headline. Wait, yeah. we'll pull you out of the snake pit. Hey, hey yeah. 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 I was just going to keep it as Miss Americana and the Heartbreak Prince and then just put Richard and Braggers. So I was like, <laughs> Um. Anyway, so aside from all the hullabaloo surrounding your career in music journalism lol and why editors need to step up and be better mm. how did you enjoy Miss Americana do you feel comfortable talking about of course yeah no I <laughs> thought it was um, yeah I thought it was definitely one of the best music documentaries in recent memory yeah I um, if it were up to me I would have made it like 20 minutes longer and you know had maybe like one extended like yeah. clip of a song or something yeah. Because I, I feel like there was room for that. Yeah. Because it was a lot to pack into, like, 104 minutes or whatever. Yeah. But, um, no, I loved it. Like, yeah. and it showed a lot of vulnerability. And, again, like, I didn't feel like it was going for the easy conclusions, necessarily. No. Yeah, no. it felt, um, like, not uh, not too brief or, like, flippant mm. or anything. But more just, like, about the kind of chaos that comes with that kind of life. It, yeah. Now that Like you... a montage. Yeah. Almost throughout. Yeah. Um, yeah, now that you say that, it's sort of making me realise, like, it's it's a very lover era edition of what we could expect to receive. Mm. Like, it's very, like, out on the table, very simple. It's not overwrought. Mm, mm. There's no, like, piano ballad backing tracks to her walking in the snow or something looking contemplative. Like, it's... yeah. Very, Which could have been exactly. back in the day. Yeah. And that's like, had this come out any sooner, mm. like before Lover, before this new edition of Taylor that we've got, who was more self-assured, mm. comfortable, yeah. um, I guess, owns up to her part in things. Like, yeah. it's, yeah, it's a very considered and simple sort of documentary. Like, mm. I really appreciated that. Like, Absolutely. I... I'm always inclined to take things with a pinch of salt because at the end of the day, this is a representation of her as a career woman. And her brand, yeah. Exactly. So like... She keeps that very closely guarded. Which... Which, understandable. Yeah, Yeah. like, can you blame her? Yeah. Um, So I think I went into it with a healthy dose of scepticism, not in, like, a malicious kind of way, just Mm. in the sense of this is going to be a very vetted edited version of her life Mm. and I think we need to respond appropriately but yeah it's still a very intimate look without going full like yeah yeah I'm finding it hard to sort of put words together Mm. um I think if um if the most like polished and predictable version of this was like Justin Bieber's Never Say Never in yes, 2011 yes. or 12 when he still had the the fringe um, yeah. 
and then you have like Katy Perry's Part of Me, which yeah. is kind of revealing, but also very polished. Absolutely. Gaga's like five foot two, four, which is five um, three, five yeah, <laughs> which I quite like, but also seemed a bit kind of like it started out with a conclusion and then like arrived at it. Yes. You know, I think this one is a bit more surprising, maybe because Taylor's been like so secretive. Yeah. Until now. And it just recontextualizes like so much of the last 10 years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think in that sense it was really good because I'm, yeah, I could see why people might have been expecting like that gotcha moment where it's like, oh, actually, I have the other side of that phone call. Surprise. Mm, like, mm. but she's not using it to get even with anyone. Exactly. It's yeah. just, this is what it's been like. Yeah. I'm mm. so glad you guys have been here for the mm, ride. Yeah. Who knows what happens next? Yeah. Like, and just... Yeah, very, like... I think that's been true throughout her career, because if she didn't have the songs to back it up... Yes. She could be, like, the most insufferable person exactly. ever. Exactly. Yeah. Which I think some people see her as that anyway, but, yeah. you know, there, there's always been substance. But. Yeah. I think it, it softened her image for me. Mm. Yeah. Like, because like, I've never been a fan, mm. and I'm not going to come out of it being Cancel. a fan. <laughs> sure, Continue. but but yeah, I think it just sort of it made me go, okay, no, you know, I think she kept saying though that she's a good person. It's like, well, are that, you reminding yourself about yeah. that? Or I mean, it's a bit of both. Like that's her ideal, and you know, yeah, she, also she's still trying to be a good person. Yeah, so. and I mean, I don't no. you don't see anything to contradict that really. Mm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I sort of look at it and went. I don't know, there is a human being there that's totally. you know, that that has their problems and in the end just wants people to like her art and Yeah. And they sort of played the part of like you know, she wants to be loved, she wants to be mm. you know, with that perfect person and perhaps have a family and also mm. how is she gonna do that while she's also, you know, yeah on the road fifty years out of the 50 years, 50 weeks out of the year. I thought you were going to say 50 years at a time. I was going to be yeah. like, oh. Actually, the secret to that is um, she will she tours out of like hub cities. So um, I think when she goes to like Europe or something, you know, she'll pick one city to stay at, like to sleep in that bed every night. Ah. And then like uh, transit out of that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. oh, there you go. Metallica do that as well. So But it was, and it still keeps a lot to her, like, a lot is t- for her is still personal. Like we know mm. the guy that she's dating. Yeah, because you you explained to me he was from the favorite. Yes, yes. fantastic movie by the way. Incredible. Yes. Um, but so it's like we know who the guy is, but they, yet they still don't reveal his face. They don't show. No. They only show like bits of him, and it's very brief as well. Like for the fans who've been you know invested in like the idea of her happiness in this relationship, it's kind of heartwarming to see. Yeah, you know, it's like that's all you need. You know, it's going well. I yeah. also want that alternate universe that bizarro kind of evil Taylor Swift though that really bitter one I want to see what that, that kind of music I want to <laughs> she see what she theorised about that in Reputation she did yeah. yes well okay but I want to see what like a super bitter Taylor Swift could create yeah mm. that could be incredible like mm. full Taylor. heel turn yeah 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 anti-Taylor yeah NWO Taylor <laughs> you know it brother J- jumping back to the 4444 life Jumping back to the good thing, her need to be good, Mm. that, because I remember reading about it before I watched it, I was like, okay, like, interesting, I get it, like, the need to be perceived as good, but it very much runs deeper than that, like how Mm. 
and like it isn't just the need to be seen as a good person it's the need to just black and white be on the good side of everything yeah 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 for me that and like obviously i am mature enough to realize like not every moment like this is an epiphany because Mm. we're all more alike than we think but like Mm. watching that that is one thing I really struggle with in terms of my mental health is Mm. when I have thoughts buzzing around in my head that are telling me I am not a good person it is very hard to not buy into Mm. that and so I can only imagine how exhausting that would be being on a public like totally stage like yeah. being good in terms of being able to live with yourself sleep with yourself at night yeah multiplied mm. by however many people are relying on you to show up and put on a show and yeah. be that rock for them because they're yeah. not feeling good and it's just like mm. fucking hell like i there are days where i am exhausted enough as is just yeah. trying to get by as me and the idea of Am I a good person? Are people going to find out that I am not a good person? Yeah. Like, mm. so, fuck that. Like, that was very profound for me. Like, what What I'll add to that is, um, uh, there have been people who who've said like, oh, you know, Taylor's powerful. Like, the Scooter Braun, um, yeah. thing about her publishing doesn't matter. You know, she'll be, she'll be fine. And the truth is, it's more like you know, if they can do that to someone as powerful as Taylor Swift, they can do it to anyone. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah. So my take on it was that it's also a very Christian thing. And she yeah. and even yeah. even at the point where she's like she's having that moment where she's like, No, I need to speak out. I need to I need to voice my po- political yeah. time yeah. of my political leaning. And her dad's like, Oh, I don't know if you should. Like her idea is that very just, very mm. I yeah. guess clean, that very God is loving of everyone kind of Christianity and in the end, like you have to tell yourself you're good, you have to be good because there's well, there's an end goal to it. I, yeah, I never had a read on her faith until recently. Yeah, probably. But I think of it in terms of Paramore, yes. who similarly, uh, and I guess Justin Bieber to an extent, but I don't think he's learned anything. No, uh, Paramore. <laughs> yeah, Paramore. You know, being these quite—I don't want to say uptight, but you know, they had a very like righteous worldview. Yes, very like almost like kind of evangelical. the finger and stuff like that yes. and then lost a few band members made an album about how they were better off then you know kind of lost another band member brought back the original drama which no one thought was ever going to happen yeah and then they were like okay well now we have to live with all this yes. anxiety and whatever and you know yeah. we're just going to be us and yeah because to your point Sam that's also what I was going to bring up is yeah like but you- did. <laughs> like there is a very sort of there is that moral code in terms of like religion or just any sort of overarching yeah code of ethics mm. morals all that but like yeah 
in ter- like even just in terms of how she was policing, like Taylor was policing her own body, like yeah. mm. her body struggles, and again, like we're all a lot more alike than we'd like to think sometimes. Like these kinds of things shouldn't be revelatory, but they are mm. because we just mm. don't get to talk about them openly enough in terms of mental health, for instance. But yeah. like, yeah, I fully like that's kind of the whole point, isn't it? It's like you are brought up being told that you have to be a good girl, you have to be good, you have to mm. do these things because if you don't, you will get punished in any amount of ways. Mm. Like, be it being smote, smited, whatever, mm. be it Smoted. rejected, unloved, unwanted, but like, just... And yeah, like, you can see how very quickly can, given the right or wrong amount of brain chemistry, balance, whatever, it can mm. turn into a clinical thing. Like, mm, it's... Absolutely. So... Yeah, the main takeaway for me out of this was props to Taylor for having that conversation. And again, it didn't have to be this thing of like, we don't have to see... Everything. Yeah, but... Mm. We're we're a little bit more into it. Like, we we know a little bit more now. And again, Mm. like, because that's like, it doesn't need to be the polar opposite of what mental health stigma is now. Like, we don't all need to just be like spewing out our traumas mm, to mm. everyone that we meet but just to hold space and be like it's okay to be fucked up because we yeah. all are yeah so so good and like same with paramore like mm. that's one thing i love about them is like they just sort of grew up the way that we've all grown up like yeah. follow that traje- trajectory of self-righteousness like no fuck am i better than this blah blah but then sort of having to reconcile what you've said what you've done when you were younger and didn't know better yes. and move forward yeah and again, like this sort of to me ties back to like what terrifies me about social media is just that footprint of, oh, but X amount of years ago you said this and fuck mm, you. Mm. Like there are things that are like irrevocably bad. Yep. Obviously, yeah. 100%, yeah. But in terms of like changing mindsets, worldviews, that kind of thing, we still need to give each other that grace to. Yes, grow and exactly. change yeah. and show up and do better. Yeah, people don't just like vanish into exactly. Thin air, you know, like mm. uh, yeah. So in terms of like what you went through with this, like mm. like I said, cannot think of anyone better equipped to deal with it because <laughs> of who you are as a person. Like just very resilient, curious, open to discussion. I have a sense of humor. Which exactly, helps. like an ability to laugh. Like had this been me, I would have just. Like, no, I can't. So, on that note, should we yes. start talking about the actual song that we're going yeah, to Yeah, nearly an hour in. <laughs> I, good content. Yeah, yeah very We release this as a twofer if we want, buy ourselves yeah. a week off. But yeah, nah. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> so, let's jump in the time machine to 2012. Hey. Well, 
Well, I'd met you at the end of 2011, so Aww. 2012 was yep. on the upward for I me. was in TAFE doing uh, my screen media and radio course. Mm-hmm. I now do not work in screen media and radio. So. <laughs> oh, we're recording on yeah, a radio device that's now. True. That is true. That is true. So... Um, what about you, Richard? What was 2012 I was like for you? deep into the 80s tribute band hey, life. So good. I was going back to, ne- to uni and then not going back to uni. Yep. Uh, actually, that's about it. But it was an interesting year yeah. in terms of pop culture. Yeah. yeah. One of the few good years before 2016 happened. And then everything <laughs> just turned into a simulation. That yep. was the year of Gundam style. Oof. Yeah, it was, right? Yeah, it was the year of Gundam like style. Scene. And I think. That was the year, like Fifty Shades of Grey, as yeah, well. Yeah, probably. Was, no, no, that was twenty fifteen. No, the book. Oh yeah, the okay. book. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, the book wouldn't have been released in twenty twelve, but that's when the height of its popularity, yeah, right. was sort mm. of reaching in the novel sense. Yikes! So twenty twelve, the first Avengers film. As True. Well. Yeah, Hunger Games. Hunger Games. Yeah. 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 Did you say Hungry Games? No. Oh, that, I did not announce that. That is me, Hungry Games, all the time. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, cast your mind back to 2012, a simpler time, when Ms. Taylor Swift released the album Red. Changed my life forever, personally speaking. Mm. Um, and, yeah, she, on Red, which was a definite change of course for Taylor from her previous just very sort of country infused well country and then pop infused country this became sort of like slight country infused pop before that trajectory yeah. just too pop I'll add that um this is not her coming of age album Speak Now is the coming of age album yes. and this is the one after yes yeah this one to me was the one that woke up a lot of people to who she was Absolutely. beyond just the long, slightly curly hair, sparkly guitar, like... Yeah. This was not her coming of age, but this was the, like, adult, like, stepping into that role of, like, I am Taylor, self-realised, whatever, whatever. Sorry, our son is peering out the window. Was that a bird? No, I think I was like, no, the cat. Oh, okay. It's probably Bruno. Or, like, a couple of cats having a fight or something. Mm. Boss is looking very concerned. Yeah. Um, so, on Red, track four, I think, I Knew You Were Trouble, full stop, um, this song was written by Swift along with our favourite duo Max Martin and Shellback, who also produced it. It was a, yeah, a very different sound to what we had heard from Taylor before. She introduces dubstep, like she introduces a drop, she introduces like just this different element to her music that was still very much Taylor Swift, but yeah. just repackaged and glossier and yeah, interesting, like just broader appeal. Um, yeah, I didn't write a hell of a lot in terms of like I have chart performance here, I've just got a lot of opinion pieces from other people. Mm. which I think are worth talking about. But I think more than anything, like, this isn't a song that really needs to be unpacked necessarily, I don't think. Like, in a... I think, yeah, uh, I might have a few things to say about it. And by yeah. all means, please do. Well, I think musically, um, for her, it was kind of baby steps. Yes, um, yes. Because uh, this and 22 and We're Never Getting Back Together. Yeah. 
all co-written with Max Martin and Shellback and all feature guitars quite prominently yeah. too in their pop stylings which was not really in vogue at the time like that no. was quite like four or five years ago the pop rock yeah. thing yeah. and so she's coming out in the middle of the like big thumping EDM era yes um, and kind of adapting herself a bit to that but the guitar's still there yeah like if she wrote the equivalent of that now she wouldn't need the guitar It'd just oh, be no. pop. Yeah. Um, so that's one thing. Yeah. I guess. Um, I think it's important to note that, because when I was reading up, I don't think I quoted the actual article it came from, but mm. I think it was in her interview with Time magazine that I cite here somewhere. She says that of all people, Ed Sheeran introduced her to dubstep. Wow. And so she's like, oh yeah, like I've heard like this and this kind of artist but haven't really looked at anything beyond yeah. what Ed shows me and it shows like true very yeah. much like dipping her toe in the idea of like how to make things more dynamic yeah it's not a dubstep song but no. you know, there's elements of it I think that this would have been and I haven't listened to Red so I'm not going to give oh. my full opinion on that but <laughs> I feel like this would have been a really good intro like first song like song one because you have that guitar riff at the start that's like Okay, so it's not quite country. It's still a guitar riff, so she's probably maybe maturing a little bit in that sound. And then, yeah, like those drops hit. Like, mm. oh fuck, no, this is a different. This is a different Taylor Swift. I'll give you that because you haven't heard "State of Grace," which is like yeah, the Inmitable. best. Yeah, but I, I told yeah, like this. You can see why this can be pulled as like an example track of the bigger thing of where like, she was going. Yeah, yeah. like mm. still very much Taylor, but. With a pink hat on now, like, and I think it was her second single from the album, right? Oh, I think it was. I think it's we're never getting ever getting back together. Let me check. Then maybe like Red or something came out as a promo single, but I, I think, think this, this is was originally the... a promo single and then got released as like a proper. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you had a second point you wanted to. Um, bring up, so I'll... just that the lyrics are quite. Um, they're more black and white than most of what. She would write now. Yes. Or yes. even on 1989. Um, yeah. Because um, the pivotal part is, you know, she's saying, I knew you were trouble, but also the I knew, so shame on me. Yeah, yes. that's exactly yes. right. And that's where, when we get into the, the cover, I feel like that works really well in the cover yeah. as well. But yeah, it's very mature to yeah. say like, yeah, I shouldn't have done that, but I did. And, yeah. you know, there was a reason why, because... You revved my engine. Yeah. <laughs> I can definitely see her saying that. Yeah. So uh, this, yeah, yeah, this was released as the third promotional single, uh, and then later sent for radio ads and became the third single. The right. second pop single after We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together. Yeah. Because, um, uh, you know, very significant song at the time for her. Yeah. Um, still, I probably like one of her top ten most famous, if... Yeah. You've only, if you only know her from the radio, yeah. I'd say. But yeah. I, to me, I always thought it was kind of made like a bit obsolete quite soon. Well, not obsolete, but yeah. you know, it's like by the time 1989 came out, um, that was such an evolution that mm. um, it's like, you know, this is the past and this is her now. Yeah. And yeah. to me, that 1989 still defines her yes. because it was so big, but this feels very of its time. Yeah. Even though it's a great song. Yes. I think. I'm always going to have a soft spot for Red because mm. it sort of captures that moment before she completely took off. Like, yes. obviously she was huge at the time of Red, but mm. yeah, 1989 just took it to a completely different 
yeah. stratosphere. And this, to me, sort of captures the tailor that, like, I heard in, like, brief snippets when I was working at a record store on work experience in year 10. I was oh, like, yeah. interesting, not really my vibe, but hey, this is cool. And then capturing what I first heard of her from Red and being like... Yeah. Yeah. Wow, who being, is she? Yeah, being, <laughs> being captured by it, but also being like, you know what, I'm going to buy this CD as a gag because mm. it might have some good hits on it and then being like, oh my God, yeah. this is the best thing I've ever heard in my life. Like, I think I remember that as well. Like, I yeah. remember you being like, yeah, yeah, I like Taylor Swift. Yeah. And then this came out and it was sort of that moment that you became like a Swifty. This yeah. was this was your, your moment and it was like, and you know... I wasn't terribly kind about it. <laughs> You've paid me back by not being terribly kind about the wrestling. This is true. Even to this po- even to this day, like we, I was finishing <laughs> off Dynamite and Emma's like, does it ever just stop? And I said, no, wrestling never stops. <laughs> that's, that's the best and worst thing about it. Yeah. I still maintain that they should have an off season. Totally. They really which, should. Yeah, which absolutely. Sam agreed for entirely practical reasons in terms of like, the wrestler's well-being, for example. But for me, it's just so yeah. I can have a fucking break from hearing about Aww. it for six months. But anyway. Um, so... <laughs> you can leave the room. Time, like, I'm not forcing you to. <laughs> so... Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, um, Red is still like the transitional album in Taylor's career. Yes. And so yeah. I think that's why it's looked upon as... Uh, I mean, it's not a consensus best, but um, it's a lot of people's favourites. Yeah, uh, I think... Like, Pitchfork means... gave it the highest rating when they did their ah. retrospective that was also long overdue. So, yes. Yeah. So, yeah, and I think that's the thing. It's like, at the very least, it sort of has that soft spot for people because this is where she started to sort of come into her own in terms of who she is now. Like, this is... Yeah, she'd had the coming-of-age moment, but this was sort of her stepping it up. Like, mm. and, yeah, so... This, for its time, like, I totally agree that it sort of forced itself into obsolescence by the time she mm. reached 1989 era. And once she was, when she was playing it live on the 1989 tour, I think it was the rock version, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So there you go. Because yeah. that, yeah, even by then, like, and I think because it did have that drop, it did have that, like, very loose dubstep influence, mm. that sort of, yeah, it aged very quickly. Like, yeah. it's still a very good song, but even just now, before we started recording, like, re-watching the video again, mm. re-listening to it, I was back in 2012. Like, it's very totally. emblematic of its time. Yes. Still a good song, but yeah. not as enduring as yeah. just a classic Taylor song. Yeah, totally. For all intents and purposes. Mm. So, for poor Taylor, a lot of, like, at the time of Red, she had that reputation uh, following mm. her of being like a man-eater dating lots of people blah, that's blah, the blah. peak of that perception as well yeah. Oh, yeah yeah and so she yeah with every single that came out it was like oh who's this one about this time so in terms of who i th- knew you were trouble was thought to be about stephanie marcus at huffington post speculated that it might have been about john mayer uh, to quote her, she said, Maya, with his reputation as a notorious womanizer, is the only former flame who could possibly earn the lyrics, and you notching your belt is all I'll ever be, and now I see he was long gone when he met me, and I realise the joke is on me. 
Didn't she actually write a song about John Mayer though? She did. Yeah. It was called, called Dear John. Dear John. Such yeah. a banger of a song. Yeah. Vicious and like quite sad. Yeah. Yeah. Like one of the best lyrics is like, I'm shining like fireworks over your sad empty town. It's just like, mm. oof. And also the fact that the song sounds like a John Mayer song. Yeah. It's just unbelievable. <laughs> the ultimate like <laughs> fuck you. Yeah. She, oh, so clever. So, yeah, those lyrics and the song's chorus, because I knew you were trouble when you walked in, so shame on me now. Echo Swift's sentiment in Dear John when she sings, and I'll look back and regret how I ignored when they said run as fast as you can. Um, the evolution of Taylor is so interesting, because it's like, um, yeah, she'd always been tied to those famous boyfriends. Yeah. Um, there was that, like, that Joe Jonas incident on Ellen or something, which we don't need to get into, but yeah. like, I yes. think she recently rewatched and was like, she saw that footage on Ellen. Wait, yeah. so what happened? I think, uh, she was like asked about Joe Jonas in like 08 or 09 and gave like a really kind of dismissive, like, oh, I'm genuinely like offended and don't want to talk about this kind of yeah. response. Mm. Um, yeah. And so I think recently like Ellen replayed that footage and she's like, oh, ha, you know, they're doing great. Um, look at me now. I feel like the way Taylor decided to deal with that was mm. through her songs. At yes. that point, um, Red is like less explicit about them than than Speak Now, probably. Yeah, yeah. Um, like is... All Too Well is you know a song that was arguably inspired by Jake Gyllenhaal, but yeah. it's not the Jake Gyllenhaal song. Yes, you know. Yes. And so for her to have kind of. Uh, you know, vaporized all the boyfriend talk around the time of 1989 yeah. was actually an incredible achievement. Oh God, yeah, mm. yeah. Um, so just to pile on to the speculation, uh, Chris Willman wrote in Rolling Stone. He did an article where how Taylor does her cryptic messages in the liner notes, like she'll have capital letters throughout the lyrics, and if you piece mm. them together, it says. So the clue that was under this song in the liner notes reads: "When you saw me dancing." And so Chris writes, many people were quick to peg this as a Gyllenhaal slap when it came out on iTunes a few weeks ago. The quote, trouble with that is the lyrics make it sound like there was not much love lost when this one came to an end and she always knew it would end badly, which hardly seems to be the case in the overtly Jake-centred breakup songs. Also, Mm. get a load of the bridge. The saddest fear comes creeping in that you never loved me or her or anyone. This suggests that there was a romantic rival that brought the relationship to an end. Now, if you've been reading the latest gossip about Swift's supposed romance with One Direction's Harry Styles last spring, you know that it allegedly all came to an end when she saw tabloid photos of him canoodling with another woman. So, advantage, Styles, but the hidden message also has some import here. Swift and pal Selena Gomez were seen dancing to One Direction last year, I don't remember what year this was written, probably 2013, Mm. last year in the front row of the Kids' Choice Awards that may well be where Styles saw her dancing and then Taylor sort of cleared the air on her part when she had an interview with Time Uh, at the time Taylor said I let people fill in the blanks on their own if they want to think about their ex that's fine if they want to think about maybe who one of my exes is then that's fine and it might not be right because I'm the only one who knows what these songs are really about it's the one shred of privacy I have in the matter I've always said that um, there's a tendency for people to treat her songs like press releases, yes. which kind of flattens them into, you know, this is a this against this person. Yes. And I've always found that, I mean, to, to an extent she did soak it yeah. for sure, at least among her fan base, but like maybe not the way it was 
uh, spread throughout like celebrity gossip culture. Yeah. And that also speaks to the rise of like cultural critics who treat artists like musicians as like pure celebrities. Yeah. You know, which I find a bit, I don't know. Well, yeah, reductive. Just... Yeah, I was just about to say, yeah. it's just so horribly reductive to be like, oh, but this song's just about a boy. Who yeah. Cares? Like, forget about that. Like, forget about, I don't know, the fact that it's a foray into something completely new and exciting for her. Yeah. Like, forget about, like, well, like, all too well. Like, you cannot just mm. sort of be like, oh, that's about Jake. End mm. of story. That yeah. song is incredible. Yeah. Like, truly one of her top, if not the best song she's mm. ever written. Like... To just sort of be like, oh, and that's just about this boyfriend, the end. Like, Again, if it was a badly written song, oh, like absolutely. badly communicated or like not empathetic, yeah. then it would just be that. Exactly. But for Taylor's craft, like that is very cruel to just focus on that element when... Yeah. Yeah. Like, God, like how dare she process her feelings through song? Like that's the whole point of what she does. And hardly the first person to do exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, one thing I really appreciated in terms of this song, which we have touched on, was, and like it is very, it's a simplified version of where she is today, but just that idea of reflecting on herself and her actions Mm. in terms of like lyrical content, um, reflecting on relationships in a way that isn't just, how dare you? Yeah. Um, so John Caramonica wrote for the New York Times. Legend. Oh, so good. Get me on podcast. I know. That, <laughs> that would be so. John, if you're listening, I'm going to tweet at you. You know what? Fuck it. John, get Richard on. Uh, Don't get me on because I'm too dumb to hold a cup of like, Just get Richard on, please. So Caramonica writes on I Knew You Were Trouble, maybe for the first time, Ms. Swift genuinely paints herself as culpable, an accessory to her own heartbreak. I knew you were trouble when you walked in, she sings, so shame on me now. So, yeah, this to me is like, Speak Now was sort of the coming of age album. This one sort of, emotionally speaking, or at least just like, in terms of emotional growth, like this took it that step further. Um, And I also think that this and All Too Well are kind of the only songs about that kind of heartbreak on the album, right? Yeah. Because overall, it's very positive. Because, like, Holy Ground, possibly, but that, yeah. again, is sort of like a... To me, I always catch myself thinking about that one, like, yeah, it's talking about the end of a relationship, but sort of looking back and being like, yeah. I'm glad that happened, I'm glad we had this. Yeah, it's like, not really an album about regret. No, yeah. no. I mean, none of hers are, but yeah. And so, yeah, I like that this is sort of in different ways, like, very multifaceted. Like, this mm. one, there is that inward-looking, like... I had a part in this, like, mm. be it productive to think this way, but, like, I knew better and yet I pursued it anyway. Yes. I wonder why. Let's sit with this feeling for a moment. Like, yeah. um, or all too well, like, just, oh, such yeah. a, yeah, I'm not, I can't even, like, it's just such a lot. Hard song. to sum, out, uh, sum up in one sentence. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, basically, she contains multitudes. Mm. Um, so, Sam, I promise we'll let you speak in a minute. <laughs> oh, no, I'm good. <laughs> so, just quickly... We'll tag you in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Get the hot tag. We'll, yeah, we'll take a break. Um, so, in terms of chart performance, this song did very well, funnily enough. So, peaked at number one in Canada, the US, Czech Republic, Taiwan, on the ARIA charts, our ones on mm. the New Zealand charts... 
Uh, it even reached number 55 on the US Billboard Country Airplay chart. So, so still kicking oh. there. Still kicking yeah. there. They would have been submitting to Country Radio at the time. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, she still was very much in Nashville's good graces, I'm sure. Um, not that she isn't now, but... Definitely still is. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, still very much actively, yeah, girl, ca- yeah, mm. actively catering to that market. Um, year-end charts, she reached number three on the Billboard Mainstream Top 40 number 12 on the Canadian Hot 100, number 31 on the Recorded Music New Zealand chart, number 55 on the RE chart. Come on, guys, we need to do better. Huh. Number two on the Billboard Hot 100. Yeah, it Did got... Did you say it, that? Uh, <laughs> shit, hang on. Wait. Damn, why do you ask questions where she has to go back and find it? <laughs> oh, no. I just on. looked it up because I didn't see it in the shit. facts. And I was yeah, like, yeah, I forgot to put it. Because it got pipped by... Interesting, because it's... Yeah. It, it, Bruno Mars took it out, didn't he? With something. Locked Out of Heaven. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. I love that song, so... It is good. a very good song. Yeah. So, look, I can't stay mad at him for it. Yeah. Uh, it went six times platinum in Australia, five times platinum in Canada, two times platinum in New Zealand, seven times platinum in the US. It went platinum in Switzerland and the UK. It went gold in Austria, Denmark, Germany, Italy, Japan, Mexico, and Sweden. So it did pretty well. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Do we want to talk about thoughts? Well, Richard and I have sort of talked yeah. about our thoughts. Sam, what do you think of the song before we talk about the video? Um, well, I mean, I brought up the point of, you know, showing that, that ha- having that guitar bit at the start. I feel like that would have been a really strong, like, leading the people in thinking, like, this is just my usual stuff. Or, like, this is maybe me changing that sound a little bit, but not straying too far. And then the drop hits. And it's yeah. like, oh, fuck, this is different. Yeah. I think that would have been really effective. I like the... I think overall the the lyrical theme of it shows probably... Well, because we did Blank Space, and Blank Space also showed that maturity of, hey, maybe I'm not, ter- maybe I'm not a terribly easy person to be around, mm. um, to be with. And, but this is that, that maturity of looking back going, yeah, alright, so you're a dick, but mm. I knew that. And... People told me not to get with you, but I still did. And that's on me, essentially. Yeah. I like the lyrical idea of, hey, I'm owning up to my mistakes. It's not just, I can't just be like, oh, you broke my heart. It's like, I knew you were going to do it. Yes. Yeah. From the very There's beginning. There's another layer, yeah. You know, it's, and it's a sort of like point that thing. It does also like, because yeah, like people do sort of accuse her of playing the victim. Um and it is that sort of thing of like I'm not I'm not asking for your sympathy here. Yeah, yeah, I think people not being sympathetic to her does not necessarily mean that she's objectively playing the victim. If no, I'm sense. not saying. I'm yeah, not saying no, I know. Song, yeah, but I think sure. just in general, yes. people get the idea that she plays the victim. And yes. I'm not saying I'm not saying she. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, I'm not saying she calls herself a victim. Yeah. but I think people are like, oh, Taylor Swift, poor Taylor Swift. Yes. Um, and no, I, I do. I actually, I think I probably do like this more than Blank Space. I think Blank Space mm. might be a better song, but I think I would rather listen to this than that. I, yeah. Sure. I think it's the drop, and I think it's the drop. Yeah. And her, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I think one thing I appreciate, like, how you say, like, you like that she sort of, again, takes that accountability for, like, her part in, like, going into this relationship that was doomed from the start. Like... Yeah. I like that because she is so honest with her lyrics, like they're very, like very much sort of confessional 
I like that she sort of represents just the general headspace that we all go through at these times in which mm. she wrote the songs. Like, yeah, and I'm sure a lot of us have had that time of like, yeah, like I wasn't thinking straight. Yeah, or yeah. like I shouldn't have gone to see that person and here yeah. we are, like whoops and... Here you are eight years later. And I know, you're still... I knew you were trouble when you walked into <laughs> Sin Radio in 2011. Have, haven't been able to, to shake me off. <sighs> Can I say that my favourite version of the song is um, from performed on a boat live on the Seine River in Paris? What? You know the acoustic one? No. Um, we'll, I'll have to put it on after this. But yes, thank you. She did like a five or six song concert oh. on a boat in Paris in 2012. That's like her, like two acoustic guitars, all her backing vocalists and a bit of percussion. Wow. And it's just like one of the purest arrangements of like all the songs I've heard. Amazing. Yeah, it's fantastic. Oh, I'm very excited to hear that. Mm. So the video um, was directed by Anthony Mandler, who has worked with the likes of Snoop Dogg, Eminem, Rihanna, Beyonce, Jay-Z, Mary J. Blige, John Mayer, Jonas Brothers, and Lana Del Rey. And he also directed 22. Uh, The love interest in this, I felt it worth commenting because Sam was like, is that Jared Leto? Or is he meant to look like... No, I said he's meant to look like... Is he meant to look like Jared Leto? And I was like, I don't think so, but I see what you're saying. And when you when you tell me who the people that might be about, it's like, oh, they've kind of combined all three. Yeah, just a very nondescript man. Yeah. Yeah. So the love interest was played by actor and musician Reeve Carney. Carney? I thought it was Carney. I think so. No, it's Carney. Thank you. And he has starred in the likes of Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark, which was a Broadway. Do you know what that is? Broadway. That was the ill-fated Spider-Man musical. Yeah. Spider-Man Broadway musical. Written by Bono and The Edge. What? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, shit. Okay. It's it's, uh, like just being lambasted amazing would love to see it though yeah I know. Yeah, I'm sure go... there's a fan cam or something yeah I would yeah. love to see it surely someone could buy the rights and bring it over here I think it was kind of a bust it was, uh, it, was so... a, it was a bust yeah probably it, it all went to Bono and the Edge <sighs> classic Bono uh, he also starred in Penny Dreadful he was Dorian Gray mm. And my personal favourite, he was in the Rocky Horror Picture Show, Let's Do the Time Warp Again, which was those, like, part of that series of how they just went through, like, televising Broadway performances. And he was Riff Raff. Um, I watched that televised Rocky Horror Picture Show on the plane to and from Perth, because I loved it that much. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, it was fine. I, th- I didn't hate it, I just thought it was fine. <laughs> the guy who plays Brad is gorgeous. I can't remember his name, but he was lovely. Um, so, Samuel, can I please get your reading voice to read the synopsis of the video <laughs> from Wikipedia? <laughs> the video starts off with Swift speaking in a confessional voiceover. Swift wakes up on an abandoned desert, surrounded by trash and debris, and wearing dark makeup. Flashbacks show Swift and her boyfriend engaging in various stunts along with a few tender moments, such as when Swift's boyfriend gives her a necklace as a gift. After a while of what seems to be a good relationship, she begins to realise something is wrong. While in his parked car, he leans over to kiss her when some police pull up for him. He starts a fight in a club, which results in the both of them being injured. There are also scenes of her in a grimy, small bathroom looking at herself in the mirror. While in an outdoor concert, she sees him kissing a large number of different girls. (laughs) 
He then looks at her in a nonchalant fashion. She falls asleep in the desert where the party is being held and wakes up alone the next morning. The video ends with her letting go of the necklace he gave her. That is that that scene of that kind of goes with the thing of like you never loved me, you never loved her, and it's it kind of really matches that as well because he's not just kissing another girl; like he is kissing multiple yeah, yeah women totally. who all kind of look like her. Yeah, they're all just like pretty blonde women. Yes, mm. it really matches quite well with that. Yeah, yeah, I do love just the. The count of a large number of different girls. <laughs> a non-specified number. Um, a gang of different girls. A phalanx of girls. Phalanx, phalanx. A murder of girls. A mur- <laughs> uh, I don't, yeah. Uh, so the video debuted on MTV as part of a week-long celebration of Taylor's birthday, which is, of course, uh. December 13th. Uh, the video won the best female video at the MTV VMAs and was also nominated for Video of the Year in 2013. Uh, so, of course, winning Best Female Video is a nice little tie-back to the incident that happened at the 2009 VMAs. Can she just win it every year to fuck Kanye off? <laughs> that would be great. That is if she and everyone else attends. Yeah, that's, yeah. yeah. that's a whole other conversation of, like, are these things even relevant anymore? Uh, so on an interesting note, so the VO, its aesthetics, have, it's been compared to Lana Del Rey's Ride. Yeah, very much. Uh, which Mandela also directed, so a bit of, what's the word? Continuity. Yeah, I was going to say... Influence. Auteur or whatever. Uh, Taylor did recently say she considered Lana the most influential pop artist of the last decade. Wow, yeah. that's a huge I think. Call. Uh, uh, I think at the Billboard Women in Music event oh, last okay. year. Yep. I could be wrong. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, Lino even then. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, and parallels were also drawn between this video and Rihanna's "We Found Love." Um, is that the one where she's got the bright red hair? No, that's no, totally that's earlier. Oh, yeah. What a video! I can't remember what we. We had. Found Love is the one where uh, it's her and someone who looks very much like Chris Brown, and I think. It was yes. shot in the UK, and it's just a very quick montage of right. like scenes from their relationship. It's yeah. a great video. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, the video has, as of January 2020, over 440 million views on YouTube. And I like that someone is apparently keeping tabs on that and updating Wikipedia. <laughs> I'd like to think there's just tree, like every few months. Like, fuck, like, but I should check who edited it, but I'm yeah. not going to. I will say two things. Yes. One is that this has a crazy aspect ratio of like, yes. it's like 2.85 to 1, I just saw, <laughs> which is almost like if you squint. Yeah. Um, yeah, strange. Do you um, think that's meant to sort of be, like, is it meant to be like kind of... I think it's meant to be claustrophobic. Yeah. If anything. Yeah. I guess if you were, I mean, it's like the opposite of IMAX, right? IMAX is tall. True. Whereas yeah. if you had a, a cinema screen that was really wide, mm. like maybe it'd feel really lush, but yeah. no one really does, so... Yeah. Has any well, <laughs> has anyone? But like, can you think of any other like music videos or like artists that have used a similar yeah. aspect ratio? Definitely happened. I can't think of many. Of yeah, the time I had. I'm gonna have to do my research. I didn't. Yeah, because it's funny. It wasn't until we were watching the We Came as Romans one, which we'll talk about later, mm. that you flagged the aspect ratio, and I even paid attention to it. 
Because I am a dumbo. Someone said Selena Gomez is come and get it, which is not ah, long after. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Um, I was also going to say that, I don't know about you, but I never really bought Taylor in this role. No. Uh, she was very much playing a character, but I thought it felt like she was trying on a costume. Yes. You know? And that is when they go to the either punk hardcore club. Yeah. It's like... You really, I, I don't feel like anyone involved in this quite gets that scene. Mm. It's like, let's just have them on a stage in a dark yeah. kind of underground club where this music never gets played in a club like this. There's 10 people mm. in the fucking crowd and one person has a misfit back patch on. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, all right, well, that symbolizes to me that's the kind of thing that you're trying to show me. It's like, yeah, you're cosplaying as an alt girl. Yeah. Hi, like, a, like a soft alt girl. Yeah. I'm sure... Sorry, if that's me being super mean about her, I'm not trying to be... It's a failing of the whole team. Like, if you're the director, like, make it legitimate. Because um, the Lana Del Rey Riot video, it's kind of like her in her own, like, Easy Rider situation. And the whole moral of that video is, like, I'm totally fucking crazy and, like, I love it. Yeah. I mean, that's almost a lyric yeah. from this, yeah. so... Um, that very much works for Lina. Yeah. For Taylor, she's not the same person. No. Yeah. I think, yeah, I I remember even, like, back when I didn't know much about Taylor, the person, or, like, Taylor, the image of Taylor that we, like, I remember even thinking then, like, eh, like, this doesn't, like, it doesn't fit 100%. Yeah. One thing I do like, and I'm sure it wasn't intentional, is that she brought back the pink dip-dyed mm. hair for Lover. Um, True. But yeah, again, for the Lover era, it makes sense. Here, it definitely just looks like they quickly rubbed hair chalk in her hair and then were like, action. Um, yeah, it's you, not... You have to look like you just came from Coachella or that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It do- yeah, it does resemble Coachella in a way. Yeah. But it's not really a video that I've come back to very no, often. No, yeah. I think mm. at the time I appreciated the the way the video is slightly chaotic in time with the music. Yes. Chaotic, like well edited. Yeah, yeah. like I like the slow mo, like jumping and dancing and strobe lights in time. Well, not in time, but like alongside the drops and like yeah, it's cleverly edited. It mm. captures that energy of like being in a relationship that isn't right for you and it's just all a bit of a mess but you're also having the time of your life and yeah like it captures just that energy really well what would your favourite music video be? of all time? (laughs) yeah um I always say Madonna's Vogue actually um directed by David Fincher yeah he did four for her and they're all masterpieces yeah. But to me, that is a song and a video that kind of sums up all pop music. It's like the center of it because um, not only the references to like Hollywood stars, but Madonna putting herself in that pantheon and rightfully at the time, and also like earning it. Yeah. Um, and there's a VMA's performance where she does a full choreography routine of that, but her and all her dancers from like the Vogue ballroom scene yeah. are dressed as like members of the French court. Oh, it's like shit. Marie Antoinette, etc. Yeah. Yeah. So huge, like ball gowns, and yeah, just incredible. Wow. So yeah, yeah. You? I probably the one. I mean, we're going to talk about them next week, so I'm not going to go too far into it. Um, ah. But yeah, like the I always really 
sort of got excited when a new Ramstein film clip would come in. Mm. Um, probably the one that I go back to a lot, probably more for the film clip than the actual song, is Giraffe Tongue Orchestra's Blood mm. Moon. That's oh, I don't know. One, yeah. Which is, uh, Giraffe Tongue Orchestra is, I think it's Ben Weinman from the Dillinger Escape Plan. Oh, cool. Uh, I can't remember the, uh, the, the dude from Mastodon with the tattoo on his head. Brent Tynes? I think so. Is the, the... He's the guy who looks like he has crazy eyes. Yeah, he's the guitarist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or he's one of the guitarists. Yeah, he's he's the he's the more popular of the two guitarists. Yeah, he's the one that just has like the. I mean, that's Bill Kelleher. Yeah, so, the, yeah. The, the handlebar mustache and he's kind of quiet. Yeah, and it's the uh, lead singer of the the new lead singer of Alice in Chains, and I say new lead. Oh, singer. William Duvall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, so yeah. it's this really interesting. Cool. It's like a it's like a Takashi Miike movie, mm. but it's just like they're being held captive by these crazy Japanese girls, and then they mm. slowly get murdered by them. Yeah, Fuck. <laughs> but it's fun. Like it's it's a fun film clip. Mm. Yeah. Emma, uh, I've had this discussion recently, and I truly find it really hard to just pinpoint. Like, mm. yep, that's the video. That's the one that gets me. So. I'm going to have to put a pin in that and I'll think about it. Yeah. I'll try and get back to you by the end of the episode, but if not, I'll DM you. <laughs> slide into your DMs. Tweet it. Exactly. Hey. Yeah. yeah, love it. Mm. So, I think now is as good a time as any for us to talk about the cover. Mm. So this one came from Punk Goes Pop Volume 6 in 2014. Mm -hmm. And all the research notes, should have uh, said this at the top of the episode, comes from Emma this week. Yeah, Yeah. I actually did research this week. There you go. You did it a couple of weeks ago as well. Look, I'm growing. I'm becoming more frequent with my contributions. I don't always (laughs) just breeze in. I I also don't always ask I just do it so like and that's when when I do ask you do it like that makes it sound like I'm that makes it sound like I'm really demanding of you (laughs) no it doesn't no okay you know know what I mean Mm. so one of the most thoroughly researched Wikipedia pages you've ever seen for a punk goes band I was very impressed I'm picking that someone from their label PR maybe or one of them like they've done a bloody good job so many references. Um, yeah, I just thought that was worth noting. Excellent. Yeah. Well, we will be talking about them again two more times. Yes. So we're going to talk a little bit about them, but we'll probably keep more information for perhaps the next episode yeah. that we do on, of them. So they were a, or they are, uh-huh. yep. they are a you know a metalcore slash post hardcore band from Detroit, Michigan. 
I need to look it up. I don't think they're from Detroit, but I think the Black Dahlia Murder's from somewhere in Michigan. So I thought you were saying Sounds that these right. guys aren't from Detroit. I was like, I've literally just said literally that they are. I'll look it up for you. Aren't the... Detroit's in Michigan, yeah? Yes. Good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. It's, um, and so the, actually, to go on that topic, the new Black Dahlia Murder single came out this hey! week. Ver- Verminous. Are you happy is... with it? It's good. It's kind of like, yeah, like it's, it's very good. And uh, just sort of listen to it go, yep, that's about what I expect. Yeah. Like, it doesn't really do yeah. too much different from their usual Are you the stuff? kind of person, though, who's pleased with whatever kind of thing? Like, not in a simplified way, but, like, for instance, for me, if... Well, for the most part, until recently, like, if Green Day released something, we're just like, yep, cool. Like... Mm. I think with them, they're, they're strongest with their first two songs, and then a lot of the time with their last song. Right. So I don't know where this is going to lie. If this was their fir- if this was the first song on their new album, I'd say eh, it's maybe a little bit weaker than their mm. other yeah. their other outings. But yeah, it's always like the first song. I mean, that's how it should be. First, the intro song should be the you know yeah. the one to kick you in, like kick your attention into it. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, they're know. from uh, Waterford Township in Michigan. Who Black Diamond? Yeah. Huh? There you go. Come on, Sam. You should know this. <laughs> you have a tattoo of them on your leg. I do have a Not tattoo of them, them specifically. But... Well. Yeah. Anyway. So, formed in 2005, formerly known as This Emergency, before changing their name to We Came as Romans. What do you think that means, We Came as Romans? Do you think that's got something to do with, like, Trojan horses or I'm anything? I'm picturing, like, like, Sparta or, like... Yeah. Some, some... Well, isn't it We Came as Romans with Dyer's Men? Hey! Something I like think that? So. Is that... Maybe. Yeah. From 300, maybe? I don't know. I actually haven't seen it. Let me huh. Google that. It always made me laugh. So I, I, when I was in high school, I thought 300 was a pretty good movie, but there's mm. a bit where it's like, they run into a group of farmers or something and they're like, this is our job. And then Gerard Butler's like, he's just like in his full like Leonidas voice. He's like, Spartans, tell them what your job is. And it's just all like these random men and they just like yell. It's like, well, that doesn't fucking tell anyone what their job is. Mm. It's just yelling. <laughs> no wonder you all died, you idiots. <laughs> Zack Snyder's a weird dude, like, yeah. secretly. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I've ever really enjoyed anything he's ever done. I like Batman v Superman just because it's so bizarre. Yeah. Does Zack Snyder do um, Watchmen? No. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah he, he did, did the yeah. film. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he did Sucker Punch, though. Which I never saw, and yeah. Yeah. Probably I get the feeling I'd hate it, yeah. I've got it on DVD unless you've taken it. I think I have. Yeah, you probably have. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's not a great movie. It would be a good candidate for Trash Night, but like, yeah. yeah. Kai hates it. Oh My friend fuck! Kai, that, so, wow. Yeah. Okay, that's that's really terrible then. So. <laughs> if Kai says it, so yeah. <laughs> he, he's a critical man. He, <laughs> no, shouts to Kai. Yeah. All right. So they've been through a few lineup changes over the years. That's uh, we came as Romans, not as not Zack Snyder and Sucker Punch. Or Kai. Or Kai. Mm. <laughs> Our current lineup features Joshua Moore on lead guitar and backing Vox, Dave Stevens, Vox, rhythm guitar, keyboards, synths, Lou Cotton, rhythm guitar, Andy Glass, back, bass and backing vocals. Thank you. Hey. There you go. And Dave Ed Puckett on drums and percussion. I was going to call him Dave and I was like, I don't know you. <laughs> oh, I'm, not, I'm not that familiar with you. Uh, so, sadly, in August 2018, the clean vocalist Kyle Pavone died at age 28 of an accidental drug overdose. 
the Carl Pavone Foundation was founded to enrich his memory by providing education, awareness and compassion to those suffering from addiction and their families. The band announced in September 2018 that they will not replace Pavone, who had been with the band since 2008. So, yeah. hmm, super, super sad. And look, that's really... Like, I respect them for not saying, all right, well, we'll just call it a day. Yeah. You know, they've still got mm. a lot to say and a lot to do. But I respect that they've gone, his role couldn't be replaced. We're not yeah. going to fill... We're not going to get anyone to fill his shoes, essentially. Yeah. I think yes. that's a really lovely gesture. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. Yeah. Similar to Linkin Park to me. Like, yeah. Just, there are some... Well, not like... I'm sure it applies to the members of any band if this happens, but... Yeah. There are those cases where you just cannot hmm. put someone else in their shoes for a really lovely reason. Like, and it's also really hard for a vocalist. Yeah. Yes. Really, really hard for the vocalist. My understanding is that Dave Stevens now takes care of both clean and... Yeah. yeah. And, and look, he already was doing both. Yeah. So... Yeah. 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 The, the thing that got me was... Because I remember hearing about this at the time, but then because... I've yeah, never really listened to We Came As Romans, I forgot. So then rediscovering this was like a gut punch. But, hmm. like, he was born in 1990. Like, he was our yeah. age. Yeah. And it's just like, that's the thing, yeah. Like, just to get really dark, like, these are the ones that hit you the most. Because it's just like, yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah, 28. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, anyway. It's like the... The, the Reverend from Avenged Sevenfold. Rev, yeah. I think he was about 28. No way, really? He was oh, really... No. You mean at the time? Yeah, when he died. Right, yeah, okay. Yeah, he was... No, that makes young. sense. Yeah. I think the lead singer from Suicide Silence as well was about 28. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. I never really got into Suicide Silence. That was no, Mitch Locker, wasn't it? Yeah, Mitch Locker. Yeah. I'm really impressed that you the, that. Yeah, the one that scares me the most is I found out recently that John Benet Ramsey is like four days older than me. Yeah. Yeah. That's fucked. Hmm. Wow. Right. Yeah, that is super spooky. Uh, but anyway, what do we think about this cover? I really like it. It's great. I love it. Yeah. This makes me want to fully change my style. Yeah, skinny <laughs> jeans, um, V-neck shirts. Get the uh, get the short on the sides. Makes me want to crab walk with my guitar. Oh yeah, yeah. do a bit of crab core. But yeah. you know, not be obnoxious about it. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. these guys aren't. No, they're not. Yeah, like yeah. it's on on bold statement. This is the best. T- this is not only the best Taylor Swift cover we've done so far. Yep. Without a doubt, the best one. Yep. This is also one of the best covers we've done so yeah. far. For sure. Yeah. 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 Because we... And this is that thing that you said when we did, when we had Richard on for Katy Perry. Like, you felt mm. like it wasn't fun. Yeah. These guys are having fun with it. Yeah. Absolutely, they are. And they probably... They could very well be Taylor Swift fans. And they're kind of doing it justice. They're kind yeah. of being respectful to, I think the, they are, to yeah. the original source. I think, like, it's a bit of a giveaway that their other two Punk Goes contributions so far, like, all three have been Punk Goes Pop. Like, yeah. they yeah. obviously have an ear for and an interest in pop music and yeah. shows. Yeah. yeah. Like, they are still very melodic and accessible to even, like, non-hardcore people like me. Like, hmm. they do it really well. Like, yeah. I'm really looking forward to talking about these guys again. Hmm. I'll say that, um, much respect for both vocalists for yeah. nailing it in That's the original key, go, yes. which yeah. is yeah, it's it's pretty high for a male voice. Um, but also, like they both nailed the like emotional quality yeah. of the songs yes. while yeah. having fun. But um, yeah, like it just it just feels right, you it know. Does. It fits like a glove. 
And yeah. it's sort of shocking because it's a it's a metalcore band with two singers and she's like, okay, nah. well, this guy has the, the harsh vocal yes. side of it. This guy has the clean side of it. And it's sort of really shocking when, because I see them both there and I'm like, well, all right, well, handsome guy is going to start singing. And, like, handsome <laughs> guy starts singing and then, and that's, that's Pavone. Yep. R.I.P. And then, like, well, of course he's going to start growling. And no, he comes in with the harmonies as well. Yeah. And it's like, oh, wow, that's kind of shocking that this, this is the sort of music that they're doing and they they can both sing. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And, like, the arrangement is heavy and it's diverse. They play a lot of different rhythms, but it's not too much. Mm. It's, like, just enough. And I feel like metalcore, and I know that we didn't call it dubstep, but it had those drops. Yeah. I yeah. feel like metalcore and, I guess, dubstep light. Absolutely, really kind of blends quite well together. Yeah, I mean, just look at Skrillex and well, look yeah, at Skrillex. Yeah. <laughs> look at Skrillex and Corn. Yeah, because they they paired up. I yeah. quite like those songs, but not the rest of the album, which mm-hmm. I think says a lot about Skrillex's talents. Yeah, to yes. me, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think this to me is the, I guess, community within like punk very loosely whatever you want to call it that I really appreciate is that like that idea that you don't have to not enjoy pop music like you're fully entitled to buy into pop buy into all the emotion buy into the joy of performing it it doesn't make you any less cool or like Mm, it doesn't give you any less clout within like this it's this is what I enjoy. This is so refreshing compared to just the machismo, machismo, machismo. Machismo. Mm. And the irony of like a lot of them. Yeah. 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 Like, I, yeah. And that's, yeah, like, I don't know, around 2012 when the original was out, like, it was a big thing to sort of be a bit sort of sardonic, a bit sort of like, eh, like, sort of ham up that idea of like putting on pop as a costume to just sort of fuck around like Hmm. I like that this is just a genuine appreciation of the original a genuine embodiment of the song its Hmm. intentions it's just got a different flavour now yeah yeah and look we with the Taylor Swift songs we sort of always go because the bands always have to feel the need to gender bend that's true they did that this and they do do that. Yes. But they don't but, do it a disservice. They don't do it a disservice. Right. I feel like the lyrical content of this song, you know, when you have a guy screaming, we, you know, you belong with me, it's like, mm. it's very, yeah, it's, yeah, that face that yeah. you just did. When you have... I just did the equivalent of that Chrissy Teigen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then when you have another guy screaming about, like, you know, blank space, like, who is he, who is he? Like, that's very... But yet yeah. in this... That song's never translated for anyone. No. No one else no. can yeah. and, and so in this, it, it kind of makes sense for the gender band. It kind of makes sense. And it's it's mm. also not that thing of, fuck you, you need to be with me, or fuck you, who is this other person? It's like, fuck me, I made a mistake. Yeah. The and song's not really gendered, if you think about it. Yeah. But they're pronouns, but... It they're could the be pronouns. Anyone. The yeah. pronouns, but yeah, and it could be for anyone. But, like, it feels very personal. And yes. it has to, like, the pronouns have to sort of, you know, swap around, I feel like, for this one. Mm. I mean, you probably could get away with it, but at the same time, like, yeah, for it to be personalised and for it to be Okay, yours, I get that. Then, sure. you know, I just feel like it, it's, it makes more sense and it doesn't feel sinister. There's no sinister aspect to this yeah. because it is just, at the end of the day, I knew what was going to happen and I still went for it anyway. 
Yeah, it's yeah. the difference between really singing the lyrics and just doing a Taylor Swift song. Yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah. No, I would go I would go pretty close to saying like this is and like we've had it before like with other ones, but just like mm. a very almost a perfect representation of what this band can do with something as, you know, successful and popular and different as a Taylor Swift song. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I think their video that they do also backs up how well they handle the song. Mm. Like And this is the first actual video I think we've covered for a cover as well. For the Punk Goes. For the yeah. Punk Goes. The, the yeah. Blank Space one did have a video but it was them just playing. Yeah. Mm. So And look, they all have the generic fearless like lyric videos and, but yeah, like these guys took it upon themselves because I, I believe they did release this as a single outside. Mm. Yeah, they did. Um, yeah. So yeah. yeah, they did do a video that again, it like it references directly Taylor's original video. Yeah. Like the aspect ratio, the mm. scene of the dude getting roughed up in a, in a bar, like with the with the pool, the pool the table, pool, the billiards yeah. table, yeah, yeah. Um, him in the him in the bathroom, and again, like it's a bit goofy at times, but not in a way that is picking fun at the original. It's mm. just goofy because that's their personality. I yeah. feel because like yeah. there's the bit where because the the story in this one is, um, fuck, I'm gonna have to go back and get their names. Um, the one that's, you know, Carl Pavone and was the other lead singer's name? Dave Stevens. Dave Stevens. They're both, well, Dave Stevens is with the girl and Carl Pavone is after the girl. Mm. And, you know, there's a bit where he pulls, where Stevens pulls up on the guitar, on the guitar, on his motorbike. <laughs> on his flying guitar. <laughs> on his flying guitar. Pulls up on his, yeah, flying, uh, his flying V. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, yeah, she hops on the bike and he pulls out a fucking sword. And he's just sort of like, he's just sort of like egging him on. He like flicks a lollipop. He's got a bowling ball with a skull on it. He's just acting like an idiot. It's like, they're having fun. Isn't the sword a, a master sword from Zelda? Oh, I think it might be. It has be. the same like hill. Yeah, and I think it, it might be. Yeah. So, even still, they're nerds. Yeah. So. And just like little cool. stupid vignettes of like, Kyle getting a tattoo and just like screaming throughout it. <laughs> yeah. Even though he's got like a sleeve of tattoo. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> just that very stupid like humour but it's them goofing around amongst themselves it's not them sort of aping the video and being like <laughs> like but I also feel like it can really play on that sort of when you're a young male you take any sort of any attention from a yes. woman and a shoe yes. and so like mm. it's a lot of it you watch it a couple times it's like she doesn't really give him anything. She just kind of looks at him, but right. he's obsessed with her. Right. And then it plays on the thing, like, at the end, it's kind of like, well, they're both the idiots. They're both yeah. just the idiots mm. in this one. They go to the bar. He gets into a fight with the with the guy in the pool table, or the guy's in the pool table. He gets beaten up. Uh, Pavone does. And then Stevens? Yeah. He's just getting shit-faced drunk. And then there's just the, the other guy, and I think it's the guitarist, is mm. just sitting at the bar. And she leaves with him, because he's just he's the most sensible one out of all of them. He's just sitting by himself, <laughs> not causing any shit, and he just shrugs his shoulders. Like, he does the Pete Dunn mm. or the Garno. Yes. Yeah, there we go. And he just sort of, like, he he's the one who ends up with her in the end, and it's just like, well... And it doesn't feel like, well, she's going to go fuck up his life now. It's like, well, no, like, these two idiots are, you know... Caused her to leave, and now she's leaving with the one with the level head on his shoulders. It's sort of like the 2014 version yeah. of Damn It. Like the mm. yeah. two boys playing silly buggers mm. to try and win the attention of a girl who then just goes with someone else entirely. Where does she go? It's the guy at the cinema, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I just love that last shot in the end of how they're all just 
eating popcorn. Yeah, yeah. The, like Mark and the guy that was <laughs> that they were battling for. Oh, well, probably the best shot is when Tom's pants fall down. Oh, just <laughs> the face, that coy sort of like. Oh, but, so, oh God, I love that band. Um, yeah, I all round, I'm just genuinely impressed by I'm this cover, by the song. this video. Yeah, I am really keen to listen to more We Came as Romans because mm-hmm. this is the type of metalcore, post-hardcore, whatever core kind of stuff that I can listen to. Like, this is appealing to me and I really appreciate that. And he does, look, he does have a growl, but I feel like they use that sparingly, probably throughout the entirety of their mm-hmm. catalogue. Like, yeah. it's not it's not a thing of, like, it's not in every song. And that's, like, I can appreciate a growl, it's just... I really appreciate that these guys do have roots in just more pop slash mainstream music as mm. well. Yeah. yeah. Like, they don't feel like they have to sort of restrict themselves to just chugging sludge guitars and bass. Yeah. Like, yeah. But as I said, it makes me want to crab walk. <laughs> Did you ever play crab soccer in primary school? Never heard of it. Yes. Oh. Yes. So crab soccer is essentially like, picture yourself on all fours but reversed. So like... Your arms and- Hands yeah. behind your back, palms on the ground, feet on the ground, uh, and you grab and you have to like kick a ball. Uh, Sam is doing a demonstration like of crab that, soccer. Yeah. I was actually really good at crab soccer. I was useless. I was useless at everything though. So like, mm-hmm. I would like to try and do crab soccer again now just I, to see. I, if I, I, I've practiced that move during DDP yoga, so ah, yeah, it's a nice one to have on the about. Self high five. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I was googling resistance bands today. That just shows how old I'm getting. Anyway, <laughs> I think we're at a good spot to call it quits for tonight. I think this is a fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. This All is around. a yeah. Not even, not even a hell yeah. This is a fuck yeah. Listen yeah. to this. Like, get in on it. Enjoy it. This is yeah. Love it. Crab walk it. Exactly. Crab walk to your nearest uh, to your nearest radio station and fucking. <laughs> Proclaim it to all the world. <laughs> Jesus. Can that be our next shirt? Crab walk it. <laughs> I'm just thinking of crab people from South Park. A crab walk to remember. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, I've never watched a walk to remember. No, neither. I think I need to. I don't know. You like it. Is it anything related to Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story? No. I need to watch that. Mandy Moore and Shane Dawson? Shane Dawson? That's nah, no, nah, he's it? too young. Someone. Yeah. Some, yeah. Some guy. It's very sad, apparently. Mm. You know me, I love a good sad movie. Yeah. a good weep. Yeah. Anyway, thank you for listening. Richard, thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes. Next week's song. Is that what you're leading into? Yeah, I yeah. So, so next week, I'm very, I'm very excited for this one. I love this. Richard is helping us yeah. to do our own podcast. Yeah. We're that useless. Yeah, 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 yeah. So next week's song is by the German powerhouse Ramstein, and the song is "Du Hast" as covered by Motionless in White. Um, hit us up, Punk Goes Pod on Instagram, <laughs> on Twitter. I don't even know why I still ask you to because no one's doing it except Richard. Um, but that's fine. Thank you for listening regardless. Um, yeah, thank you for having me. Oh, it is 
it is always a joy having you on. Like it's likewise. And I am so glad you've come out the other side of Swiftgate Ooh. unharmed. That was a roller coaster of emotions <laughs> for everyone. <laughs> um, on a final note, I want to test whether my parents listen to this and say I'm getting a tattoo, guys. Um, nice. <laughs> if they give me any sort of reaction before March the 2nd, I will know. Otherwise, that is something else I can pester them about is Exciting. why are you listening to your daughter's music? Yeah, that's a good point. Like, if, if huh. they go, if you show them and go, why did you get that or when did you get that, you can say... I told you. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, put out a... Uh, Put out a warning to it'll be my release. it'll be my mum that responds to this, oh, and she'll probably just be like, "Well, good luck with it." Yeah. <laughs> right. but you and your siblings already put her through the misery. Yeah, my yeah, my brother and sister already softened that blow for for me. So for, thanks uh, for buttering so. her up for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really think there's too much that you could get that would make oh, make her think any less of. Well, I mean, there's. Some things that you can get well, through, yeah. but yeah. you know. Anyway, yeah. On that note, we still need a sign off. I think it's crab walk to the supermarket or something. I don't yeah. know. Crab walk to your nearest radio station. <laughs> I do like crab walk to remember. Crab walk this way. Oh. <laughs> crab walk tall. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.